Hello, my name is Taylor Clement, head of school at Kirk Day School. And I'm Maria Massey. I'm the assistant head of school at Kirk Day School. Hi, I'm Dan Doriani, and I'm a professor at Covenant Seminary. And I'm Mary Wynn, the director of communications at Kirk Day School. And today we have Dr. Doriani coming back and joining us on the podcast. Uh, it is the holiday season, and this time we're going to be talking about Santa. So, parents, we want to do a disclaimer. Uh, make sure that this is not one that you want to listen to with kids. Uh, we, we would highly recommend that if you're around children to put headphones in or just wait till a later time. But nonetheless, we should have a really fun discussion about Santa and the start of that. But really to start today, one of the things that we wanted to do was just kind of share where have we been in our own personal journeys, Maria, Mary, and Dr. Doriani, uh, in regards to Santa. And so Mary, let's start with you. How, what was Santa like in the Wynn household growing up, uh, particularly um, at Christmas time or even were there Santa... You know, did he kind of exist outside of Christmas as well? Okay, so in my family, my parents, mostly my mom, always gave us gifts from Santa. She would sign them from Santa Claus, but my sister and I never actually believed in Santa. It was always just kind of a joke growing up. Like, my mom was like, this one's from Santa, and <laughs> the look in her eyes, we knew it wasn't true. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's how it was in my household, never never really believed but we still took pictures with Santa we weren't anti-Santa but gotcha. I never actually believed he was real so were you more like a Santa agnostic type yeah basically <laughs> yeah, yeah I think so mm -hmm. Dr. Doriani what about you uh, very similar to Mary's house uh, it was kind of a wink and a joke and sure Santa comes down the chimney we don't have a chimney and he's really fat and the <laughs> chimneys we see are really narrow but sure we believe he defies the laws of physics every December 24th. Um, a few people did try to push it on us, you know, maybe some neighbors and things, and we just took a wry skeptical approach to it, I think is the best way to describe it. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Maria, what about you? Santa was a huge deal in my house. I mean, my mom loves Christmas and like, that is the majority of our Christmas decorations are just different types of Santa figurines. Um, so it was a big deal, believed in him 100%, found out in fourth grade. Um, it is yeah. late. I asked my, some Amy Martin told me that Santa wasn't real, but then my mom and I were out at dinner after Christmas shopping at a Mexican restaurant and I asked her and I'll never forget the look on her face when she, when she confirmed Santa's not real, Santa's me and dad. <laughs> Um, and I gotta say, it's never been the same. Like, mm -hmm. I hate that, I hate that. Obviously, you know, and I wasn't a believer until I was in college, but, so it has changed to Wait, some Wait, believer degree. in Jesus or Santa? Uh, sorry, believer. <laughs> good, good point. I wasn't a believer in Jesus until college, um, and so obviously it has morphed since yeah. then. Um, but Christmas has never totally been, been the same. So yeah, Santa is a big deal, and um, a conversation my husband and I are having since we have a two-year-old and a one-year-old. So. Yeah. Well, I will say for me, Santa was a big deal as well. Like, I, I lived and breathed at Christmas for mm -hmm. Santa. Now, I, I knew, you know, kind of the Home Alone version would be, you know, knew the guy at the mall was, he was representative of the greater Santa, you know, network. <laughs> yes, exactly, but, you know, right. Of the, the, the clausinglomerate, you know, incorporated. But when it came to when it came to that, I mean, I just I just totally believed that Santa like came down um, somehow, some way, through through mysticism or magic. He he brought me what what I most desired, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. my parents ate it up. I was very late. I think I was around fourth grade as well. 
Um, it was it was devastating and it was too much, uh, no yeah. question. And yeah. so, um, if my mom and dad are um, have copious free time and they're listening to this, sorry, it was way too much. Uh, <laughs> and so, but that's that's part of it. Is, is is we have this? We have a school of 300 kids. We have a community of, of almost a thousand within the Kirk Day School kind of network and we all have varying views on this Mm -hmm. and this is actually a very zealous topic because we have so many that that will say um, Christmas should be this way Christmas should be that way Santa yes Santa no Um, and so that's part of the reason why we bring in our theologian in residence Dr. Doriani Mm. to to discuss this and so you know one of the things that we want our children to know at Kirk Day School, particularly at the Christmas season, is that Christ is coming on a rescue mission, just like the Jesus Storybook Bible mm-hmm. describes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but God is fulfilling a promise, a promise that he made a long time ago, and he's making not just good on that promise, he's bettering than what we deserve, better than what we hope. And yet, while we're trying to teach this theological aspect, we do know that Santa, by at least in children's terms, is portrayed in a much more highly regarded uh, arena than Jesus at times because Santa brings Legos um, and Jesus uh, brings a lot of things that are very intangible and so yeah. let's turn this over to you Dr. Doriani what how would you begin this Santa question for parents on let's just say a, a theological level of how do we how do we differentiate um, just between Jesus and Santa at the Christmas season yeah, there's a lot of points, and I hope we all uh, join into this a little bit. The first thing we want to say is we don't want to rob Christ of his glory. Amen. Mm-hmm. Um, and anything that puts Santa above Jesus is probably a direction we don't want to go. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're, so we had a two and two here. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, the over the top. And I'm sure there are families at the Kirk that, you know, really love Santa and love to present him. Mm-hmm. And I would say, e- even if you have a lot of fun with Santa, you can tone it down a little bit and mm-hmm. sort of the wink of the eye. Yeah, sure, Santa brought you this. Um, but there's other ways, uh, which is the way we grew up, yep. the two of us grew up. Um, the other way to do it is to say these presents are from Santa, and these are from mom and dad, and these are from your siblings. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit like, and you, maybe we could draw the analogy when you have a one or two year old, as mm-hmm. you do, you know, maybe when they're four and three, they get presents for each other. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> yeah. You bought them. You bought them, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we helped mm. our children buy presents for each other. And, you know, it, it introduces a gentle note of realism. Mm. And you can, if you're worried, if you're, you know, kind of like from your background, Taylor, that, oh, my goodness, I think, I think we're overdoing it. So there's just quiet ways to scale it back. Mm. And you don't have to get rid of every image of Santa and all the fun pictures mm-hmm. you have of Santa. Um Santa gives a little, and we just talk less about Santa this year, and we talk about Jesus more. Mm-hmm. It would be yeah. a great practical starting point. Uh, you know, the, the big danger, of course, is that you do make Santa the deliverer of ultimate favors, and Jesus is actually the one that does that. And if you think about it, of course, some of the uh, traits of God are ascribed to Santa. So, for example, mm-hmm. he can cover the entire world in a span of a, ver- a very short span. He's virtually omnipresent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God is omnipresent. He is uh, almost in charge of the structure of the universe. And, and actually, in Home Alone 2, Fuller, who is Kevin McAllister's uh, cousin at What's the Bed, does say that. He goes, yeah. Santa, he's omnipresent. Yes. Yeah, right. Yes, yeah, he and, does. Yeah. And he, he, he says that. And well, and he's omniscient also. Right. Yes, because he, he knows is. when you're sleeping. He knows right. when you're awake. He knows when you've been good or bad. So be good for goodness sake. Therefore, he's also the, inf- he's also the judge of the earth. Mm-hmm. So let's see. Omnipresent, omniscient, and the judge. Mm. So... 
if you mm -hmm. push it, sin is getting a lot of traits of deity. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm not saying have no fun with Santa, but I'm saying don't ascribe to anyone or anything the traits that belong to God and give him glory. That's a starting point, but I'll let you all join in too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, I've never, sadly, I've never realized that, that we do give, assign him traits of divinity. Mm -hmm. um, and it's so present in our culture. I mean, I can't imagine Christmas without Santa because it's just been so much a part of everything that I've known. Mm. It's the air that we breathe in the Christmas season, mm -hmm. which again, isn't necessarily all bad, right. you know? Right. Um, but yeah, prioritizing that and exp mm -hmm. trying to explain to a three-year-old or a four-year-old, mm -hmm. like, yeah, we, we don't put the same things on Santa mm -hmm. as we do on God. Right. My, my wife grew up um, with two older sisters, and so she, she never really believed in Santa. That was never mm -hmm. a thing, um, and her parents never really promoted it. I'd say very much more similar to Dr. Doriani and Mary's uh, experience. And so with our first Christmas with Anderson, our, our five-year-old, um, that he really kind of began to get the, the grappling with there might be this guy that brings me presents. My wife was really good and intentional about saying anything that he really wants for Christmas is coming from mom and dad. Mm -hmm. Like the yeah. big present is going to come from mom and dad. Mm -hmm. The ancillary kind of, mm -hmm. you know, fillers are going to come mm -hmm. from Santa and, and we're going to have some fun with it but not make mm -hmm. it serious. For me growing up, if there was the thing that I was dying for for Christmas, you know, if I if I really like saw it, you know, and you know, some great toy toy from the early '90s, that was what I wanted. Mm -hmm. Santa was bringing it. Mom and Dad, mm -hmm. they they kind of they they got me the clothes or the mm -hmm. shoes. Mm -hmm. Santa brought me those. So if I can interview the yeah, interviewer, yeah, you would say that uh, you have made a correction. You're not. You didn't get rid of Santa Claus. Correct. But you have toned him down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say substantially so. in right. your house, right? And one of the de decorations that we have in our house is uh, we we have these Santa kind of decorations, and we get mm -hmm. one every year, and we let the kids pick it out. Right. But they're funny Santas, um, mm -hmm. so they're like Santa skiing, Santa on mm -hmm. you know on a hula skirt. Yes, those are the ones <laughs> I had growing yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, and like doing doing fun things with it so that it's not so serious right. that right. Our, our children are just um, enamored by him mm -hmm. consistently. Mm -hmm. Betsy's still scared of him, so. Yeah. So, yeah, the way we did it in our house, uh, and the way we do it with our grandkids now is through tall tales. So we yeah. had any number of tall tales. Tall tales were actually part of my childhood as well. So my dad was a tall tale teller, and so I adopted that. And we had, you know, dogs and monkeys that had taken, you know, some had participated in a test, and so they had human intelligence and... And it's all a tall tale. Yep. And Santa, we, we said, Santa's like a tall tale. He's not actually a tall tale because there was a real man named St. Nicholas a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And so it's a tall tale, and it depends on how old your child yeah. is, that, you, that grew out of that. Right. But, I mean, our three-year-old grandson totally understands the concept of tall tales because they've been around since he, mm -hmm. since as far back as he can remember. And right. so you just talk about mm -hmm. pigs flying and all kinds of things, and they know pigs can't fly. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, now that you mentioned that, that I didn't think about this before, but I remember my grandma telling me the story of St. Nicholas. I think the Dutch St. Nicholas that mm -hmm. our second graders just recently kind of learned about and how he would bring gifts to the poor 
and I don't remember all the details of the story, but that was my, and in the story she would say, you know, Santa Claus isn't real, but this this guy, presumably, I'm not sure, was yeah. a real guy who helped the poor, and that was a story that we grew up knowing. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of similar to mine as well. Right. And, and it was first somewhat, and correct me here, uh, you're the theologian, uh, out of the late antiquity with Saint right. the Bishop St. Nicholas in Turkey, correct? Yep, that's mm-hmm. right. And people don't really know all that much about him, but the record is that he was you know, wealthy, prominent uh, family, gave it all up for the sake of the church, You know, gave up business and managing lands mm-hmm. and so forth and uh, became a very godly, very tender-hearted bishop of the church when Christianity was strong in Turkey, which is, which is another story. Yes. Um, and he kept some of his wealth, he didn't give everything away, but he would give money away to people in need. One version of it is that there were, it started with, uh, with a very poor, pam- poor family, the father died, and there were three daughters who couldn't come up with a dower to get married, and so he sort of snuck some money in the window mm-hmm. to quietly, nobody knew, so. drop some gold coins so they would all have a dower so they get married. It, whether that's true or not is, is up for debate, uh, but it's pretty clear that he was a generous person and he was a leader in the church and people imitated him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the idea was, you know, God gives us all these gifts so we should be generous to each other. And that, you know, that inspired people in many lands to follow his example, including you know, Germany and mm-hmm. when Christianity was strong in Europe and Netherlands mm-hmm. and yeah. England. You know, when, and this may have been because of the faith background that I grew up in, but there was a difference, at least in my mind growing up, between Saint Nick and Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. And Saint Nick was the guy that you put your shoes out like December 6th, 7th, mm-hmm. and he would put small treats. And my mom never did Saint Nick, but the people that we carpooled with the school did. <laughs> and so there was always like, Mom, why didn't you get us any gifts? (laughs) Um, And so there was this confusion between, okay, who is Saint Nick and who is Santa? Those Mm -hmm. seem to be two different people. Um, And how in the world did Jesus get involved in this? Mm -hmm. You know, that was kind of the the perspective. Um, And that's why it's so hard to even know how to balance those, Mm -hmm. you know, now because it is so Saint Nick, Santa, all of those kind of stories um, are so prevalent. Yeah, so, I mean, what happens, of course, is that the culture is interacting with Christianity at all mm-hmm. times, and Christianity is interacting with the culture at all times. Mm-hmm. So people take Christian ideas, and they assimilate them to ideas that are a little more palatable to the culture. Um, and on the other hand, it's going the other direction. So mm-hmm. this is so much fun, let's just do this thing, and people aren't aware that they're actually inculcating concepts that are sub-Christian. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, one of the one of your goal in this is to help us be less sub-Christian and more intentional. Um, but you're illustrating it beautifully that people just adapt things and adopt things, and you know, we had shoes because our neighbor did, mm-hmm. and it's not carefully thought out. Mm-hmm. So what we're asking here is for people to think out their practices yeah. and recognize that Santa Claus can be Saint Nicholas, good guy. We can emulate. He gives gifts as God gives gifts. We're imitators of God, and then let's be careful about supernaturalism and the focus on Santa. Hmm. Well, and supernatural attributes being attributed right. to Santa. And you're and you're really touching, if, if I remember correctly, um, through some of my 
history studies mm-hmm. on syncretism, yes, right? Exactly. Um, where where these cultures come together, they're blending and they're absorbing, and it becomes so enmeshed that you can't really pull pull them apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that there are these things, and what we see most prominently at Christmas, because we do have a little bit more time off, and and at least societally speaking and, and culturally speaking, it's a little more time to spend with family and friends. Mm-hmm. We see movies, we see songs, mm-hmm. all these things that, that begin to come up. And not only does Santa have the deification, but then there are all these other messages that, that come into this cultural kind of uh, push of saying, okay, well, you know, and to quote Home Alone again, you know, well, if you just wish it hard enough or believe it hard enough, then, then it's going to happen. You know, we, we were joking, my wife and I love the movie, but, you know, we joke that Kevin McAllister prays to Christmas trees. And it's true. He actually, he, he, he really does. He does. Um, and then you've got you've got uh, a movie that I think is, is highly underrated, a spread clause. It's it's a, it's a very farcical and, and funny. But at the beginning, it talks about sainthood and how mm-hmm. when you become a saint, everyone in your family becomes a saint as well, or uh, that they they become immortal. And it's and again, it's deifying these these people that are not deific at mm-hmm. all, um, or that have any sort of of holiness or righteousness to them and when we uncover scripture we know that Jesus is coming because he is a he, he it is a righteous branch coming from you know the root of Jesse David's mm-hmm. line mm-hmm. and that is vastly different in the way that, that when you start doing that you're going whoa that is oil and water right in, in that separation but the other thing, just yeah, jump in there the other thing of course is you have magical thinking sort of permeating the world um, which gets confused with biblical miracles so mm-hmm. you know yeah on December 24th or December 31st or December 20th, whatever date people pick, the animals can speak. Mm. And, hmm. you know, they sing, hey, guess what? Um, they can sing songs to Jesus. So we're going we're gonna to take magical thinking, essentially pagan, and we're going to throw Jesus in there. I, I saw, I'm not recommending, I'm not going to tell you what the title was. It wasn't good, bad, or indifferent. It was mildly amusing. But my wife and I saw a Christmas, you know, thing, movie-ish thing, last night, and it's very, very secular, and then uh, Miley Cyrus sings Silent Night, Holy Night, straight up, and I said, I wonder if they're going to get to, you know, the theological parts of the cut, no, she sang the whole thing. Wow. Um, And so it's, I I think it's, uh, I mean, Chris Rock is in it, and he's, (laughs) you know, totally a goofball, profane, as always. But here it is. Oh, for you Christians, here we here we have a little something for you, mm. and that's what that's what our culture wants to do. They don't want to offend the Christians, so they'll toss in a little something about Jesus, mm. and but it's on our terms usually, right? Well, and it seems as though, especially over I don't know the past five years, um, this idea of there being joy and giving mm-hmm. and um, sharing mm-hmm. at Christmas, which, you know, I mean, obviously that comes from, I mean, we can say that is exactly yep. what happened when Jesus came down, but it, it almost gets into this idea that we have, like, there's this goodness that mm-hmm. comes mm-hmm. in the Christmas season, mm-hmm. and where that conflicts the out- theologically is like, I mean, the whole reason that Jesus came is because we're not. I mean, we're, we're created in God's image, right. but we're in desperate need of a Savior, even if we do give gifts to the poor mm-hmm. at this time of mm-hmm. year. Um, and that piece for me is always what I wrestle with because there's so much of this kind of, I'm going to do good at Christmas, 
that that's not totally against what scripture, but yeah, that's just, it's, yeah, there's so much more. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's hard for me to wrestle with and how Mm -hmm. we make sure we communicate to our kids. It's not your good behavior that, that is the gift that gives you the gift of Jesus. Like that's not how it is. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's hard to do when that's what Santa talks about, you know? Right. Yeah, that's very true. So kind of going back to this because again the, these are kind of cultural standards that, that have come out particularly in the 20th century and now now the 21st century um, what what movies and Dr. Moriarty now that you're no I, I think it's okay I think this I think you'll be okay with this question he by, by the way for those of you wondering he's he's definitely uh, seeing that this question might be the his chagrin what movies did you find yourself okay with your children watching versus those that even though it might be might be perfectly fine for them to watch you're like, oh my goodness um why, why are we doing this so for example elf very Love clean elf. very yeah. funny movie yes. a lot of people enjoy that movie um there, there's nothing we more. watch it every year sort of right yeah. just turn it on exactly yeah. yes yeah. but it but it's a fun clean movie but yeah. there's there's really no redeeming quality to mm-hmm. it um in in, the, in one sense Whereas Charlie Brown Christmas, you've got you know the great scene and he's quoting scripture di- right. directly right. where Linus you know asks for the lights mm-hmm. and on we go. Uh, there there seems to be a little bit of that, but I, I didn't know if there were certain movies that you and your family would say, hey, this is actually yeah. The the two movies that we watched and enjoyed the most are Elf and Charlie Brown's Christmas. Huh. Oh, okay. So okay. good job. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we are getting to know each other a little better, aren't we? Uh, let's see. What was the one Rudolph the the Rudolph oh, yeah. little stop Claymation. at Claymation. The Claymation yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, so Cornelius. It's so bad. It's, it's so good. Bad. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 The Island it's of Misfit Toys. Yeah. 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 There, so some of those. Uh, no, we we like movies more like Thor Ragnarok at Christmas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. So so you're going to yes you're you're going to more this is a time to watch movies instead of. Specifically yeah, not, you know, not serious movies. Movies yeah. you just like, okay, this is fun. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, It's a Wonderful Life is not my kind of movie, to be, yeah. to put it another way. Because so tell it us, has, tell us. Because it's dark, number one. Yeah. It's it, very dark. It's hard to Until watch the very end. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, you know, it's got that magical thinking stuff about, you know, angels being created and so forth. And, um and it, it does have to do with, you know, earning God's favor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm pointing, mm-hmm. for the record, I'm pointing at Marie here. Yeah. Earning God's favor by being a good person. Mm-hmm. And then if you're good, good things will come to you. Which, uh, you know, just to go back to gift giving, you know, we, we told our kids explicitly that the Santa Claus is coming to town song is wrong. Mm-hmm. And you're going to get gifts whether you've been good or bad. Mm-hmm. Because we love you unconditionally. Mm-hmm. And we love you unconditionally because God does. Mm-hmm. And... We love you when you're good, and we love you when you're bad. We sure love you in different ways. We may love you by putting you in time out, but we love you. We, lo- we put you in time out because we don't want you to hurt yourself and other people and grow up a certain way. But we always love you. And if you're horrible on December 23rd, you're still getting your gifts. Because God gives gifts to, hor- to people who are bad yeah. mm-hmm. and yeah. sinful and don't behave the way they should. So hmm. if my kids would listen to this, they would say, you know, they might say we don't remember that, but I think they probably do a little mm-hmm. because we did say. It. You know, one of the, it's funny. One of the movies that probably resonates with me most deeply. Um, when I was in fourth grade, I got pneumonia at Christmas time, and mm-hmm. I was essentially bedridden for about two weeks. And 
Um, my parents were uh, building a house. We were in, in a rental house at the time, and we had one VHS tape, and it was White Christmas, mm. Bing Crosby and Danny Kaye. And I watched that movie over and over, and to this day, my wife like doesn't really want to watch the movie with me because I know every single line. And for those that work with me, know that I quote movies or, or all um, office all the time. Quite often, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so I know that movie quite well, but there was really no aspect of Santa or no, even yeah. Christmas miracles. It was just more about being together at Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it, it, you know, that that kind of seems to be in, in comparison to It's a Wonderful Life, which is a dark, a dark movie, and they're, and they're you know. There's a lot of vacillations in what qualifies as a quote-unquote Christmas movie. Very few actually will point back to Jesus in any capacity other than it is, unless it is explicitly the nativity story. Yeah. Some would argue Home Alone is not a Christmas movie. Yeah, that's (laughs) insane. Well, it has to do with, you could call it a seasonal movie. Right, right, yeah. And cover it that way, White Christmas, which is an entertaining movie. Right. Well, this is a fun fact. Um, Bing Crosby is older than the general. Bing Crosby was 51 or something, and the general was 49. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) That's very funny. I did not realize that. That is, we watch that every year with my family. It's a good one. That's probably the only movie that we plan, scheduled a time to sit down and watch together every year. Mm -hmm. That's a fun one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's let's, um, at least wrap up this conversation about Christmas. you, you mentioned, Dr. Doriani, that, that you're a grandfather. You've got some grandchildren. Have your views changed, morphed, adjusted, evolved, any any of those terms um, since since you've gone from parenthood to grandparenthood? No. Um, I'm, whether right or wrong, I'm consistent. Um, so we had, we had the view that truth is the coin of the realm mm. in the family. If you don't know that you're telling each other the truth, you have no basis to live together. Mm. So I would tell our kids, you know, whatever you do, don't lie to me. Just do not lie to me. I will forgive anything, but lying to me about what you did is, is different because then I, then I don't know I can trust you. Mm-hmm. Trust is what it's all about, and I will do the same with you, which doesn't mean telling your child every detailed answer to everything but you never lie to your child never 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 lie you might say something false without meaning to you might give a summary that's not quite accurate etc you might withhold too much information <clears throat> you know when they ask you a, a question that you're, you're just not quite sure where they are but you don't deliberately lie to your kids and so in our view uh, Santa was a question of truth-telling so mm-hmm. that's what wink and a nod right. and you know make believe and he's this yeah. fun guy a lot of people believe in and we have fun with it. It's based on a real person who lived a long time ago, but he's not, he's not around anymore. Uh, so we never lied to them, and, and we didn't. Now, of course, I'm not in charge of my grandchildren. My daughter and her husband are. Healthy view. Well done. Right. <laughs> um, but they've adopted the same thing, and sure enough, our now six but then five-year-old told her class, her pre-K class, well, you know there's no Santa which caused waves of consternation, even though uh, it was, you know, it was a pre-K in a Christian, inside a church, you know, four blocks from their house. And, you know, there was bloodletting and gnashing of teeth. And, you know, she learned, she backed off. She learned a lesson on backing off um, and kind of let it go. And, uh, but it was, uh, 
you got to be careful. Mm-hmm. No matter what you do, there, there are little dangers. Yeah. And, and, you know, we, we told our kids, you know, a lot of people leaving Santa Claus don't just, you know, but don't blab it about. Right. Let people have fun if they want to have make-believe with this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but our granddaughter didn't pick up on that lesson somehow. <laughs> I think one of our kids also blew it, as I recall. That's that's hilarious. That's very funny, that's actually. Yeah, those those Dorianis, the uh, the smashers of wonder. I know, yeah. you know, the crushers of all fun. <laughs> well, let me shift gears because something fun that you are doing is the Center for Faith and Work, St. Louis, yeah. and yeah. so. Uh, it's something that that you've uh, you've begun. It's it's kind of been a passion of yours for a while. But right. would you just talk about that uh, for for a moment? Because yeah. I think uh, knowing our our parents, knowing the things that they're involved with, this this is actually probably going to strike a, a chord with them. And so yeah, uh, for that matter, that. some of uh, some of your parents might want to be part of it someday. That's right. And uh, if I may say so, Taylor, you were part of it, and I was. I was delighted to have you, and we had a good time. We had a great time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, Center for Faith and Work uh, does a variety of things, but the one that we're talking about right now is a Cohorts of Fellows, and it's for people who are uh, leaders in their, in their world. So, somebody like you, you're the headmaster of a school. We had uh, the de- a department chairman of a major university in one. Uh, probably the most common person is the entrepreneur who owns his or her own business, and you want to run it on Christian principles. So the goal is, is uh, not to teach you how to start a Bible study or how to share your faith. We're assuming that's good and other people will train you to do that. What we're trying to do is take people who are in a position of leadership, like you, Taylor, uh, who want to use that position according to Christian principles. Right. So we've got four Ps, got a position, got some authority, formal or informal. You've got principles, love, justice, mercy, and you're trying to apply them to your workplace and weave them into the fabric. I'm just looking at a bag behind you, Chick-fil-A, simple example. Right. They're closed on Sundays, and that's the principle of rest for their people, uh, including secular people who work there, and we just believe in that, they say, and lots of Christians in retail have to face that that question, and and it's a challenge. So you better have the next P is passion. You better care about it because when you say we're closed on Sundays, somebody's going to say, what do you mean you're closed on Sundays? That's the third best retail day. What, what kind of a fool are you? And so you better have an answer, especially if you have partners right? because hmm. they're going to push back. Hmm. So you better, the fourth P is perseverance. You better be prepared to persevere because you're going to have allies in your project. People are going to say, oh, Sunday off, great. I want to work with you. You're also going to have adversaries who say you're not maximizing your profitability. You're not taking, you're, you're paying for an empty building. That's bad business practice. So that's a simple illustration, but what we try to do is get about 12, 14 people in a room together, no lectures, right. do some reading, talk about it, hard questions, discuss them together. And then what do we do at the end, Taylor? We present projects. Yeah. And, and that's, that's a fun, that's actually maybe it, you know, it's a culminating project, just like, almost like any course. Right. However, this one, this one has a little bit, um, I would say, a little bit more substance than just the academia world, because you're impacting your community. And I love one of the phrases that that you use is you don't, you're not trying to change the world, you're trying to change the cor- your corner of the world. Right. Is that right? That's exactly right. Yep. So, what was your project? My project for uh, has to do with Kirk Day School. Not not surprising there, but. 
Uh, for years, we've tried to expand the worldview of our of our students. That's part of our mission statement. How do we how do we get our children more engaged with the world? But it's tough when you have kids who start mm -hmm. age three to twelve. Mm -hmm. They can't really do a Habitat for Humanity. Mm -hmm. It's tough for them to to organize things on their own. Uh, but there is a great organization with uh, whom many of our staff are familiar with, and that's the MICA Project. And Mary Sisters actually works for the MICA Project. Mm -hmm. And we are going to be seeking out a partnership with them and how to and embedding that into some of our curriculum, uh, possibly uh, doing different fundraisers, but having a long-term partnership so these kids can grow with these other children in Honduras to see the image-bearing nature of each. And so we're getting ready to, we're still working on that. We're still having um, a few video conferences with them and, and that's, it's fun. And it was a blast to do. And it was yeah. fun to hear what <coughs> other people are yeah. doing as well. Yeah. So that's the idea is to help people. And uh, some of the projects are very grand and some are more like, I won't, I'll, I'll obfuscate the details, but uh, I'm a Christian businessman. I've got this problem. I have no idea what to do. Yeah. <laughs> and so hmm. I think maybe I should do this. And then, you know, we help each other out. So there's, there's well, an aspect of, of uh, coming to each other's aid. Yeah, and some, some know, of yeah. the projects too, to, to be clear, which, which is something I actually really liked, were very business oriented yes. and not not we're not talking just ministerially but it's applying right. business practices to um, to hiring to right. developing employees mm -hmm. for their betterment um, even intervening in some very um, tenuous situations with, right. within a company and the way a company is structured and that was part of the thought design behind that right. was was how do we wrestle with things from what we make to how we interact with our customers yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. and of course, uh, we're delighted also in the last couple months, even since we finished our cohort, we're moving toward uh, employment and how we can bring employment to relatively uh, underserved parts of the cities mm -hmm. where you know job, good jobs are more scarce. So try to help entrepreneurs who are um, you know multicultural Burmese, African African, African American, Latinos. Um, are definitely part of the mix, but also, you know, other neighborhoods, Anglo or yeah. whatever, where uh, there aren't a lot of businesses. And so we're, we're possibly going to become an aid to the incubation of uh, businesses and therefore hiring and teaching people skills for work, which is skills for life. Yeah. So we're thankful that people are approaching us and saying, hey, would you partner with us? Can we partner with you? It's, it's been exciting. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. a special thing. Last thing, you recently released a book on work, yeah. entitled Work. Yeah. It and has another subtitle. I can't, I can't even remember it. <laughs> I, I love that. Yeah. It wasn't mine. Somebody else made, made up the subtitle. But yeah. can, can you give us a quick uh, preview to that book? I know it's available on Amazon. It's available in several right. spots. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Um, I just found out for what it's worth, that it made it uh, to World's Book of the Year list. Hey, congratulations. So num number two, number two, not number one, number two in theology, so that was nice. Wow. Uh, Joel Osteen beat you out again? Uh, yeah, Joel Osteen, my old friend. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's it tries to be theological on the one hand, what's a biblical theology work, where the big principles, that's sort of the first third of the book. Uh, it's based on at least 300, probably more like 400 interviews that I've done over the years with people anywhere from uh, CEO, somebody who started their own business, surgeons, to uh, the people who hand out towels at the rec center or the mm -hmm. YMCA or people who wash dishes. Just try to interview anybody and everybody. I, I interviewed a magician 
once. Wow. You know, tell That's me. That's fun. <laughs> yeah, so it's really fun to get people to talk about their work. Um, so a lot of interviews and try to intersperse, we might say, the interviews with biblical theology in the first third and the last third. The middle is really practical questions like, how can I find my calling? How can I handle it when I'm in a tough place? How can I be faithful when I'm not quite sure about the work I'm doing? Really basic day-to-day -day mm -hmm. questions in the middle third. And then the last, the last part is stories about people who, you know, put in some effort to changing their corner of the world that I hope inspire people to do the same thing. Wow, that's, that's great. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Dr. Doriani, thank you. Thanks for being with us. Uh, thanks for this, this topic. Parents, uh, as we say every time, uh, please continue to send ideas. Uh, send, send the topics that you want to hear. We're going to keep producing the podcast. You guys keep listening. We're grateful for that. And other than that, Merry Christmas to you, and we hope you guys have a wonderful holiday season.